Hi there, thanks for tuning in to episode 6 of the Rostrovina Project. Today's guest is a musician, writer, actor, a man of many names. You may know him as Alex, aka Engineer Al, aka Crime Fink, aka Beetroot Boy, aka Wanky Man from my short film The Job Interview. Shame the fuck there. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Alexander Camwell. Paranoia gets me clammy like a ball-banging cling film. <laughs> it's probably one of the best lyrics I ever heard. What were you up to when you came up with that lyric? <laughs> Paranoia gets me clammy like a ball-banging cling film. That's um, that's kind of wild, but now, man, yeah, that's uh, uh, hammer. hammer. That's hammer. It was hammer. Yeah. Um, I, I was. Uh, um. I was, I, I believe, um, self-isolating before it was fashionable. <laughs> before it was smoking. cool. <laughs> yeah, before it was like the cool thing to do. I was, and I was smoking loads of skunk um, and was probably sweating a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, man, that's, I think that's where I was at with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to sort out with clean that's, film? That's where I was at. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You got to test things before you do them. So I wrap, I wrap my balls up uh, in in cling film, and they really do sweat. <laughs> Just needed to make sure it makes <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, yeah. yeah. What were your musical influences growing up? I grew up heavily influenced by whatever my brother was listening to, really, okay. um, predominantly. Um, so Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. kind of Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, that kind of blew my mind as a little kid mm. and inspired me to call the dinner lady a cunt <laughs> <laughs> once, <laughs> which got me in. It's got me in a lot of trouble. Was it unprovoked uh, or was uh, she being a cunt? <laughs> nah, she's being a cunt, man. <laughs> Just saying how it is. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I, really, looking back, I should have just stood firm by it and ignored <laughs> all the adults and gone, no, she's being a cunt. <laughs> but we're e- easily influenced as kids, isn't it? Yeah, she um, uh, yeah, so got Guns and Roses. Um, also... At the same time and just before then, probably Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do like Queen. Yeah, man, I remember buzzing off my head. Um, we had like a family friend called uh, Julia, mm. and uh, she, she was like babysitting me one day, and she put on like this old uh, VHS of Queen live in in uh, like some stadium, and man, it got me going, and I was just like standing on the sofa, kind of like jigging my hips about throwing shapes just, just absolutely vibing of freddie mercury you know so, yeah and then punk a lot of punk as well a lot of punk hip-hop drum and bass sweaty raves when i got a bit older yeah you know Rust. <laughs> yeah i hear a lot of sort of punk in your music even though it's almost hip-hop based um do, uh, so what was your first musical project I believe well, the first kind of cohesive thing that I put out was um, under a name called Crime Think. Yeah. Uh, um, and that was called My Greatest Hits. Um, and it's like a, I think it's like eight or nine tracks of, uh, I guess, vul- my the best vulgar ra- uh, rapping that I could do. <laughs> That was like my first thing on my own, actually. But no, before I was in some bands called like one first band was called The Deviant, where I play guitar, um, and that was kind of just snarly uh, cider <laughs> punk stuff. And then I was in a band called Beyond Repair, and then and then it was Crime Thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. That was your first project. I assumed there was other ones I hadn't heard of before. In regards to solo ones, 
Um, I don't believe so. I, mean, I did put out like a house EP as well, but I, I think that came after. Oh, okay. Ah, interesting. Mm. Oh, yeah. I I've been listening to your discography <laughs> this morning. Uh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so, did you ever play any shows as Crime Fink? Nah, man. No, nah, man. That was that was. No, that was very much locked in my room kind of phase. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, no, that's a no. short answer. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, no, that's a shame. Yeah. Maybe I'll, but, but I've played some, I played a couple of tracks later on of, of that, but not at, at that time. I didn't. No? Okay. Yeah. Uh, was your next musical project Engineer L? Was indeed. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. <laughs> I was born from a um, a, a podcast uh, that is still going, that I still produce, called The Fighting Cock, um, which started with my brother and a few, um, a few other people, which is kind of about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, and that was my nickname on that, on that show. Um, so I took that name and then uh, put out uh, an EP called The Journey Begins, um, which was just after my old, uh, was it after or before? Um, I, believe, I, I believe it was just after my old man passed away. Um, and so it was kind of, if I listen, I haven't listened to it in a while, but when I have it, I can hear a lot of that in there, um, in the writing and, and what I'm saying. And in fact, I think there's one one song called Canwell where I'm, it's basically me trying to figure all that out um, and tell my dad that I love him. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah, it's... it's oh, bless. It, 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 is it? It was. Uh, his condition was brought up in the crime thing EP as well. It was, actually, and then because yeah. uh, kind of... and then it uh, and then you actually wrote the song about it uh, in the Engineer L first Engineer L uh, CD you did. So yeah, uh, yeah. and so there. That's uh, that's completely how I knew the story of it because I otherwise I hadn't actually spoken to you about it. Yeah, it, yeah. well, it's, it's a fun. I don't know. I, um, maybe it's the same for other people that do kind of poetry and uh, or whatever kind of expression, where it almost feels, um, I guess, safer in a way to spill spill your heart into about something like that. And to go like right deep with it, and then give it out to the world, um, than to just keep uh, maybe like bringing it up in small talk. With, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And, that, that, although there is obviously, if, if that comes up for people, uh, there is definitely a place for that for that kind of sharing. But um, I don't know. For for me, the art is very. Um, it's, it's it kind of taps the heart in a way, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah, I le- I made a observation that your music from around that time seems a lot more angry than your music now. Do you do you think they're connected? Connected um, in, in terms of how they flow, um, as in emotional uh, the emotional response to your da- uh, your father's death compared to now where, where it's, your music's almost a bit more comedy, right? Yeah, I, I would say that, um, I would say definitely yes, I guess, um, in in terms of um, uh, I want to be as, as authentic as I can be. Um, um, and in in my day to day life, I've I've got much more of a I've developed much more of a sense of humour um, to everything, um, including my you know my, my deep pains and all these things that we hold, which is it, it, 
it's not actually is completely common you know everyone goes through loss um everyone at some point um is most likely to experience grief and losing people and and these things so um it's actually been like death and my experience with death with my father um, and also the loss of my cousin uh, who was murdered when I was around um, about nine or eight. Oh, around that. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, about eight or nine years old and then um, and then my grandfather was very close to him and, and then my father. So it, it's... it's from that age, from that young age, um, I, I guess whether aware or not, I've been um, trying to understand, um, trying to f- figure it out how how someone can be there, and then they're just suddenly not there. Like, and then even if I don't know if you've ever have you ever been with like a, a body, Ross? Like, yeah, yeah, someone, I have, yeah. Have. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, they don't look. How... They look like a. I've described it as a bad Madame Two Swords version of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree? I like that a lot. Yeah, I'd hundred percent agree, because in Madame Two Swords, like their job is to put the life into the model, isn't it? Like oh, they've got yeah, a, that's a good point. They've got, they've got a little, <laughs> they got a little cheeky grin. You know, Tom Cruise is there. Like I don't know what he's up to in Madam Two Swords, but he's look, he's he's looking live, isn't he? He's doing stuff. Where, <laughs> whereas you know, our loved ones, <laughs> Churchill's there wagging his finger or something. Um, but our loved ones ain't like they, they like. I know with, with my cousin and my grandfather and my, and my dad. When when I went to see them, they're just it's 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 kind of it's like the most real thing, but also the most surreal thing, man. Like because the life, where it, that spark, that electricity that makes us us is 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 gone. Mm. So yeah. that I, I bet that's like the biggest question mark. Yeah, that is interesting. Actually, in the fact that someone isn't just how they appear in still form; they are as well their sort of mannerisms and the way they move and the way they talk as well. And if you take that away, then it's unrecognizable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like my thing is like, where does those? mannerisms and the way they talk like what what is that you know like what for me it feels like an energy you know like there's a a, 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 i term it spirit you know Mm. that animates the like the and I'm at a point now where my belief system, and this is my own, obviously my own personal belief system that I've developed, which is completely subjective. Um, but that is the spirit, this animating energy, this conscious energy, is is the is is fundamental to matter, and is is the producer of matter rather than matter producing this energy if that makes sense Hmm. you know so so the life force that was my father um was in the room and coalesced and (laughs) created this body and then left that's that's where i'm at right (laughs) (laughs) you think you think the the energy or it fundamentally soul you're talking about uh do you believe it comes back or do you believe it goes somewhere else or um well that's it i can i can never i can only really speculate um and we don't you don't know till you give it a go do you, <laughs> I don't know. you know what it's like <laughs> yeah exactly i won't know till i do it i'm not planning for that anytime yeah. soon um <laughs> Uh, yeah, hopefully I won't find but, out <laughs> very soon. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I don't know. I I reckon I like the analogy of like a wave. You know, like when a wave, this this motion in the sea, propels towards the shore, um, the energy doesn't stop. It doesn't. There's not like a a full stop. Then that's it. The the energy transmutes into um, friction, sound, maybe you know, like bubbles against the against the rocks you know but the point is it it doesn't just finish it it transmutes and goes on so i i feel like something that like that occurs um how about you man i don't know it's interesting to think about uh short answer is i don't know but i do find it interesting the fact that everything in nature seems to recycle whether it's like atoms or energy as you described so yeah, maybe reincarnation is true, but it might just we could just be the product of trying to survive in this body and every thought is to do with that. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. We can never know, but it's kind of fun thinking about it after is. I think. And like that that fundamental not knowing feels like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? It's a cosmic <laughs> joke, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? it feels like the whole thing really feels like one big joke. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's where my humour's coming from at the moment and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I like the yeah. idea of a humour as a defence mechanism, actually. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, In terms of like just deep coping with life. Yeah, if you ever feel sad about something and then you manage to twist away, if you think of a joke about it, then you're suddenly like click you're suddenly like forgetting about it for a second and you feel better 100 mm, percent, man mm. i think there's definitely something in that i think like laughter is like almost maybe the highest isn't the term but maybe like the most supreme emotion it kind of just it trumps everything doesn't it it, yeah. it can be found can be found in every single situation ever presents to us in life yeah i believe there can be humor within that yeah and it, like you're saying, if, if you can laugh, then you're doing all right, man. Whatever's yeah. going on. Uh, you're the, I think you're the second guest to make that observation, actually, about it. How is being it? The, cool, the, maybe at the top of the... Well, he, he saw it as more of an... Uh, in the fo- in regards to art. So it being the most supreme form of art would be just every day finding stuff funny. But yeah, it's, it's a similar thing to what you just said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> it's a human universal, but then so it's music. True. Like every culture seems to have music of one kind or another. It's like an uh, innate need, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it to... doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. Well, music, us. Because prior to instruments, it was all just banging and just going blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Do you think music predates language? So everyone was just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, um, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know. Birds just don't go blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they go. <laughs> they whistle. Some of them do. Maybe. I don't know. I think maybe it, maybe it came together. Speaking's just kind of singing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I'd agree. Speaking, Good. Speaking's weird as well. <laughs> Speaking's weird, how yeah, would you mean? Ah, it's just the idea that different noises coming out your mouth will mean certain things to pe- to the person they understand it, and this is just the way we've learned how to communicate. But it just literally did start with someone going, "Right, that ah, means that means this." And it, that means this. <laughs> it's an interesting fact I found out about babies is, uh, yeah. or young children can actually hear the spaces in between words in different languages, whereas when you're an adult, it's much harder to hear it. Whoa. So, you know, I'm continuously talking. My mouth's not actually stopping making noises, but your brain's putting in spaces in between the words. I need to catch up a minute. <laughs> 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 so babies so, hear the or babies spaces. or young children can hear 
better hear the spaces in between words of all different languages, whereas adults can only really hear the spaces in between words of their own language. Ah. Oh. Okay. So and that's why kids are so much better at picking up other languages than adults. Well, that's it, cool. It's apparently, so it might not be true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I just ate it at home, man. I was like, I said it. I said it. Was, I said it was, imagine if I just made that up. <laughs> Ran out of things to talk about, so I made up random thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where do we get to with your music uh engineer al uh any more to say on that any more to say on engineer well he's not gone and quite like, like I, I had a thing with names for a long time like always changing names and, i don't know just just being a bit loopy with it i guess but um i they're kind of like he's a he's a character, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, quite thing is a kind of a caricature version and and whatever. And now I've settled on my own name mm. to to try and stop the nonsense. Um, but I feel like um, that engineer Al and that crime thing they it, it they pops up in kind of different songs and that. So ah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Are you going to make a film about the characters? I don't know. Ooh. I'm I'm not close to the. <laughs> <Take. idea. laughs> I just decided for you. <laughs> Let's do it, man. <laughs> oh, cool. Ah, oh, so what's next on the chopping block? Well, let's talk about your current music. Um, what's that big pot? That's <laughs> huge, isn't it? That's a big jug of water. Mm. Mm. Is that refreshing? It is lovely. <laughs> uh, oh, so is your recent project called Untitled Folder Fifteen Project? Yes, it is. <laughs> That's a cool name. <laughs> is that literally Cheers, just man. where it was stored in your hard drive or something? Exactly, Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> What what yeah. what exists in folders one through fourteen? <laughs> uh, good question. Do I probably not want to been... know. <laughs> uh, it's a difficult one to answer, Ross. <laughs> Let's move on from that one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say there's lots of surveillance. <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave it there. <laughs> Webcam wanking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't want to say anything after you said that because I know my mum's probably going to listen oh, to this. Oh, sorry. So we can cut that back. Don't apply you. I was just like, oh, I'm not going to contribute no. to that. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, what? Uh. Oh, oh, gross for us. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, oh. um, hello to Alex's yes. mum if she's listening uh, okay <laughs> uh, so yeah well um, your recent project uh, as I mentioned before a lot more upbeat mm. would you reckon I reckon so yeah. Uh, yeah I don't even know what to ask about it uh, there's a song called Bananas and a song called Pickles <laughs> <laughs> are they all food based <laughs> yes yes, yes. yes. Everything. Yeah. no I'm just having I'm trying to have, um, I guess fun with it mate fun with it um, but uh, for those that don't know it's coming out um, periodically so um, every four six weeks around that mark until it's done, until it's done. So that might be, I'm not good at maths, but a year or a year and a half or something like that. It's kind of, I reckon it, it kind of serving as a musical diary, I guess. And you're writing them as you go or you've got them already stocked up? Um, it's as I go, as I go. So I'm always kind of uh, making beats and instrumentals and diddling and writing and and then the next one will kind of show its head, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what's, your, what's your process currently 
when you have an idea do you think of the song fully or do you just start writing i um there's usually like three approaches so like uh either diddle with a beat or i'll write something on guitar or i it will start with lyrics so it's like one of those one of those three ways in i'd say yeah yeah uh you doing any uh writing at the moment I am, yes, but I don't want to say too much because it's, oh, it's not okay. finished. I've right. a lesson about talking things before they're finished and then they don't happen. And then you feel like a numpt. <laughs> so, so, um, you just have um, to write something then if you're going to be that vague. <laughs> I'm working on some kind of theatre things. Oh, nice. Yeah. How many theatre plays have you written so far? One that got One. produced. Yeah, yes. that's One. that was good. It was called Tripping. I yeah. went to see it in Eastbourne. Yeah, it was really good. And then you Sick. took it to America, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we had a stroke of luck. A geezer turned up and went, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, bring it to hey. America, train. <laughs> hey, you wanna bring it on?" <laughs> and he had a cigar and like <laughs> a fucking baggy suit. <laughs> Big baggy suit and bleached teeth. Um, so, yeah, so we went there. That was fun, man. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you came and saw it and you enjoyed yourself, Roscoe. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, yeah. It's not a fairy tale thing, I would say. Yeah. How do you, yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah. Fairy tale-ish? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, a bit like what Alice in Wonderland hints at, I think. But then, yeah, it was... Not the same as that at all. It was just the sort of Drug. idea of yeah, being, being on drugs and going mad. More obvious and druggy. Yeah, I wouldn't show you this to my kids. I'm trying to remember the actual storyline now. Um, That's well back, man. That's well back. Um, it's really it's good. He's a geezer called Dennis, who's mm. he fucking hates his job. Um, and gets intoxicated at the weekends and then he is sold this research chemical called RC something or other um, and he takes that and then he goes into his inner landscape he? and uh, meets like characters and stuff oh. um, who show him different bits of himself mm. 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 dream good. much Ross do I what dream much? Yeah, do you remember your dreams? Uh, I usually don't until I'm about to go to sleep the following night, and then I'll start to remember them. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I have, oh, cool. I do have some crazy dreams. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll make a point of jotting them. When oh, I that's walk, a good idea. When I wake up, and then um, I find them... Um, uh, quite illuminating. Mm. Like, yeah, I get, I kind of get advice from from what happens from like looking at the symbol in my dreams. Ah, okay, I I always find myself if I have like a dream that uh, that I feel is really. I don't know. It's trying to tell me some kind of secret, and then I'll be trying to work out what the secret is for about an hour after I wake up and then I suddenly realise oh, it's probably just bullshit. <laughs> it's, my it's just like, kind of like, almost like a screensaver when your computer turns off. So you feel like, <laughs> so you start off feeling like it's got, like, there's yeah, a it message. some importance and then the sort of, the awakeness kind of drags me out of it, I feel. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know, some dreams I do have are interesting. I haven't had one that I can remember in quite a while. How about you? Recent ones? Um, well, last night I was shooting an air rifle at um, a rope knot. Uh, <laughs> in your dream or yep. before you went to bed? That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do to relax, Ross. Um, in my dream. In my dream. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> what? Did you find any meaning from that, or you just thought, "Ah, oh, that's weird"? Um, well, it, yeah, I did. Obviously, it's gonna like it's, it's gonna sound like utter bullshit, most likely to anyone, <laughs> anyone else 
Um, but to me, it was about, um, well, the meaning I made from that um, was about um, goals uh, and being accurate in what I'm striving for. Um, not because there was two guns, you see. One was a rifle, and that was easy to load, and I went, bing, like that, and shot the fucking, this knotted rope. Um, and then the other one was a really complicated revolver that I was struggling to load. I didn't know where the bullet went and all of this. And then when I shot, the rope started moving and I couldn't hit it. Oh, okay. and, and to me, that that was about just, you know, setting a thing to do and then being um, sharp-sighted about it, I guess, and just doing that thing and yeah. get that thing done rather than, spinning out that almost sounds like a metaphor for perfectionism okay i wouldn't say so no okay no <laughs> I've got, perfectionism can fuck a can fuck a person up man yeah that's what i mean where you were trying to you did it with the fake gun which is the air rifle and then you tried to shoot it with a real gun and and then it suddenly they're started. both air guns so both oh, pellet both guns. oh okay both i thought it was uh one was a real gun okay uh, but one was like loaded like a revolver, but I guess. Or if you try and shoot too high, not the metaphor is not obviously too high, but. Well, the, the 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 rifle simple. It was simple. Do you know what I mean? It mm. was just like one pellet in, cock it, boom, ping, done. And yeah, I guess in a way you're right, really, because. The revolver, it was, it's like, I'll just make a simple job way too complicated. Yeah, making it more complicated Thinking than you Thinking too much about it, you know, which which can, um, which has held me back a lot in the past, like thinking and speculating and conceptualising way too much before I actually do anything because ideas ain't worth shit, man. They ain't worth shit, you know what I mean? You can have the best idea in the world and talk about it and, oh, I'm going to do it, but it's it, just just means fuck all mm. it means absolutely fuck all you until you actually start doing it yeah uh, you gotta get things done you know i'd agree with that yeah i have a big problem with getting in my own way even with this podcast like the first two i recorded were like maybe a year before i recorded the others <laughs> okay what was <laughs> no, that just... thinking too much or or just <sighs> procrastinating yeah procrastinating and was overthinking maybe i'm not even sure yeah but yeah with other projects as well i've just tried to put off doing it because i'm making it too complicated in my brain yeah whereas you you it doesn't have to be perfect you just fucking you just go for it it's the ing that matters, isn't it? It's the mm. doing, like yeah. the the acting, the creating, like it, you know, it's the action. I think that it counts because I don't know about you, but in whatever I've done, mm. um, like artistically, um, in particular, um, the idea it, it never turns out how how I'd spent ages oh, yeah. planning and. Um, thinking about you know it, it, it never just never happens like that uh the the process of actually getting off my bum so to speak and doing it always presents other options usually through mistakes hmm. so like i'll bugger something up but then i'll look at it i'll step back and go oh hang on that actually means i can do this or that provides something new you know just when I went, I went on a massive walk, right? And a geezer, before I left, told me this really nice bit of advice, which was, a plan is useless, but planning is essential. Mm. And I think that's the most bestest, most wonderfulest, excellent bit of advice I've ever had, Roscoe. <laughs> so was this a dream or was this real? <laughs> maybe it's all a dream man uh, now this was uh real so to speak this is real someone told you well, it's kind of like the plan the planning isn't shit if you don't do it like 
a plan as in my pre thought out idea of all right, I'm gonna walk from here say like three hundred miles down to wherever, land's end or whatever, yeah. My plan to get there is essentially useless. Mm. But the act of planning that is a consistent thing from A to B is is essential. You know, because the plans A plan is essentially going to go tits up. Mm. Guaranteed. Is that like don't make your plan too solid or not flexible enough? I guess so, yeah, man. Like don't don't hold on to it like some mm. fucking dogma that you must abide to because that's what's been decided because the environment presents different things and all the time, like new challenges, new, new things. That means that, okay, we've got to rethink what we're doing and that's just a constant thing. That's what I get from it. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, so, um, did you have any stories from when you went to America with your play? I was a different person back then and I was really curious to find out if, uh, the fillet of fish burger in McDonald's was the same size as it is here. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> That's how you spent your downtime. <laughs> I dreamt. I dreamt it would be much bigger. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did your play go down well in America? Did it go down well? No. Oh, okay. That's. Oh, so for being brutally honest about it. <laughs> being a hundred percent. Up front, no. No, oh, okay. <laughs> no it was. I say no, but I, that that's looking at it f- from you know a certain angle where loads of people like it. It, it was a very marmite thing um, where the majority didn't like it, but there were a few who really liked, really, it. really did. Um, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing, personally. No. Ah, no, definitely not. Uh, how long were you out there for? Uh, I, can't, I think it was a week or two. Oh, okay. A week or two. It taught me a lot, Ross. Did it taught it? me a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole process, the whole adventure, about how important just remaining with the core spirit of it, just simply enjoying what you do mm. is, you know, not getting spun out by illusions of oh god we might you know like this kind of lust that can sometimes come with with when opportunity presents itself mm. you know what i mean like just being just remaining with the initial reason for doing things and that is because they're satisfying and they're fulfilling they're fun to do in and of themselves oh that's cool mm. Uh, is it just plays you've written or have you written other stuff as well? Um, poetry. I like, I really like writing poetry. Yeah. Um, most days, I just write a little, little something. Because uh, it means uh, uh, I like the way it, the act of doing that. Um, I, I, like, I like the lens that I look at the world through when I do that. Um, so there's that and then lyrics and, um, and, but plays and lyrics are what I can talk about really, because that's, that's what I've actually finished mainly plays, lyrics and poetry. Do you write Ross? Yeah, I write comedy. Cool, man. Mm. And then, so you're, she, what's the process there? Like, cause, that's something that's always kind of been um, murky to me, like how how that how that occurs. Is it is it very much a trial trial and error kind of process? Well, yeah, you, you write think, it, get up, and then you think of a joke, and then you will write it down somewhere, and then you, and then I've actually got like a big shoebox full of 
stuff that's meant to be oh, jokes cool. and then <laughs> and then i try and in the morning when i first get up i try and just write some of them out into something proper or is it? it's, more, it's mainly horseshit <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it's a process and then i'm also writing a film at the moment as well but i won't go too much into that but the the process i did have a pretty good process but for a little while of trying to get that done but it was too tiring. I was waking up at like five in the morning and then trying to do like a an hour or two of writing when I first got up. Five. Then, yeah, but I've been. St- but then Why? Like, oh, just no one's around and you're not getting yeah, distracted. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's important, right? Mm. But then I got freaked out about. I watched a thing about a guy who was talking about how much how important sleep is to not get in dementia when you're older so that kind of freaked me out and i haven't been able to write <laughs> since the time are you going to bed <laughs> so, the time yeah. are you going to bed getting up at five i was going to bed uh nine or ten nine ten eleven twelve but then i wouldn't i wouldn't Sorry. actually i wouldn't fall asleep uh till about 10 or 11 as a result of going to bed at like nine or ten okay yeah so i was constantly tired and i was like feeling really tired by like three every day as well so yeah i've got to find another system to do that <laughs> where i'm not getting up at five it's a nice time to be up though isn't it mm, yeah there is really something really nice about it oh, i find it quite peaceful yeah yeah just me of nature just <laughs> me of nature and nature. you can walk down the street naked and <laughs> yeah. your chances of getting caught are much lower <laughs> that's cool uh what what have you done in the way of acting well i trained at uh, a drama school for a few years and did a few plays i guess and that's a very interesting craft and good fun and anyone that has an inkling to try that i would highly recommend it because there's a lot to be learned i believe from um stepping into essentially another person's shoes mm. so you, you have a character and they're another pair of shoes you can go into those shoes and look at the world from another angle um uh i'm trying to think i'm sure i'm pretty sure i had like some quite dark characters that maybe i don't know i wouldn't necessarily normally associate myself with but then through learning them as a character and and playing them, um, you kind of find, um, well, actually, <laughs> I can see how this happens. <laughs> <laughs> what What's your darkest character you've played? Um, darkest character? I can't remember his name, man. It was in... In a, uh, a Harold Pinter play, um, which again I can't, I'm struggling to remember the name of. Oh, where where did you do the play? <laughs> it was at um, a place called Act Drama School in Brighton. Okay. Um, but this, he was a a a fellow who, at the time the play was written, would 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 have been considered like. Just fucking balmy, like uh, um, deranged or whatever. Uh, and I guess, depending on who's played it, you would find different causes for the way this character would behave. But I, f- I think the the causes that I found were quite dark in nature. Um, um, so yeah, yeah. But it was really satisfying to do. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I did come to see one of your plays there, but I can't remember which one it was, whether it was that one. I did miss another one of yours because I got lost on the way there and then got there just to say, close the doors. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find anything interesting while you got lost? I got lost. No, I just, uh, I think I was instructed it was near a co-op or a Tesco's, whatever, and then I went to a different one. That was just down the road, so I was actually really far out of my way. <laughs> okay. Wow. 
So, <laughs> what does the hold the the what does the future hold for Alex? What does the future hold for me? Um, who knows, bruv? Where are you aiming? <laughs> Where am I aiming with my what you, gun? What are you pissing Where, towards? <laughs> what am I pissing towards? Just, I, I, I'm working towards being on the stage. I really like being on the stage. Uh, and building this music um, to do that. And I look forward to going through the no doubt you know like with your comedy um and anything i guess that we present to people and show going through that and make perhaps sometimes brutal process of trial and error you know and um, because it, i don't know what's going to happen until i get out there and do it and how things will go so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to going through that and continuing to hone my craft man and hopefully share it with people um um my dream is just mosh pits man i want <laughs> yeah i want to be in a room like with the vibe that has come through um with loads of people and we're all just going fucking nuts um, and running round and jumping off things and smashing into each other in a really lovable way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, you want to be the cause of the mosh pits or you just plan to go to loads of shows? Well, I, I might... No, no, I, 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 I want... Like I say, I, I want to be on stage. It's, it's like theatre, because that's where the acting has been so helpful, is looking at it all like theatre. You know, when you write a play, you write something for the actors to go through and also the audience to go through. Um, so they come in and then they leave, hopefully feeling a bit different than when they walked in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's really the beauty of, of these things for me like even if i go in, into a gallery and a, a painting can just whack me in the face you know and then you just go somewhere else um and it has a visceral effect on me and music is what i want to do it's what i love to do so hopefully to the music i am creating um will be able to provide that space that theatrical space where we can enter and we can leave having fucking gone through something <laughs> <laughs> just as long as it's not boredom I don't mind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, do you do you get scared before performances and oh, yeah. if so which is scarier music or acting well, at the moment, music, because uh, I haven't really um, been able to develop that fully on stage yet because of uh, because of when I started to really get involved in this and then world events, you know. So, um, so at the moment, problem with music because... Um, it's still an unknown for me, um, but nerves are, are an interesting thing. Like uh, I feel like it's just energy surfacing, and then it's down to me to interpret what that energy is. Because if I'm prepared, like if I know a play inside out, or if um, matey knows his speech that he's got to do for business inside out or the little girl knows her dance routine inside out or whatever if you're that well prepared then you're much, I feel like you're much more likely to interpret that energy as excitement rather than nerves that you're going to fuck up yeah yeah I've, I've heard that pointed out I think it's by Sam Harris who's a uh, he does a podcast and he talks about meditation a lot and he was saying the fact that um, the feeling of fear and the feeling of excitement aren't actually that different. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's it's good to try and even if it is fear, genuine fear, trying that your feeling is 
trying to interpret that as excitement instead. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, because what's going to happen? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, what's going to happen? It's not that fight or flight thing that's occurring is needs to be handled and dealt with because no one's going to shoot me, fingers crossed. Um, or it's not like any. I'm going into a situation where I'm actually physically going to be attacked and my life is in danger. It's just a piece of art. You know, so if I know it well enough and it's in the bag, then I can be excited about it, man. I just remembered, actually, you gave me a good tip on stage fright. You said once that everyone here is everyone is here to to enjoy themselves and no one wants you to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember saying that? I don't remember saying no. that. <laughs> But I like it. I'll take that. Uh, Have you you thought of any other tips for stage fright or just for overcoming self-doubt? Self-doubt. Well, that's a thing that I have experienced a lot of, a lot, a lot of self-doubt because I allowed um, teachers um and certain moments in the environment to get in my head to shape me like i didn't know any difference just a kid doing what i was doing but you know like a music teacher looked me in the eye and told me music's not for you which just is what it is you know i I don't want to be boohoo about it but i'm just saying that I let that that dwell inside me um, till I guess quite a later age, um, and I believe that the way around it is is actually like just fucking through it. You know what I mean? By doing like like we were talking about the action, like not thinking too much, not thinking so much about all these wonderful things and these grand ideas that you are going to do or you would do if you were good enough or if um, you had the skills or if all these what ifs, it's, it's just simply to do something t- towards what you innately know you are fucking well capable of, you know, or towards what you want to be. Like I, I want to get on stage and I, I want to have a good time and I want to do the music that teacher that said that stuff to me doesn't exist anymore. That was a moment that I either choose to keep or not. Yeah, it's funny how stuff like that plays on you. I wonder if that teacher would even remember saying it. Probably not. No. Just so transient, so like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how certain things from your past like almost sort of shape you in a way. Do you mm. feel? Do you ever feel like you're kind of writing your music and you're kind of like thinking, oh, I'm going to show that teacher. Yeah, uh, I've this been, this yeah. fucking album's the best I've ever done. And you turn up at his house and he's like, uh, sorry, who are you? He doesn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying that. <laughs> it does sound good though. <laughs> um, I've, I've written I went, I went for a stage of, of making music with that energy for sure and I think that, that's what I need to do and most of it I don't think hardly any of that ever saw the light of day because um, I listened back and I didn't like it no no I didn't like it so hopefully I, I think that maybe that's why I don't know who knows man no I don't want to do I don't want to be bitter about anything because I like this phrase uh, Amor Fati <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like farty An animal. for one <laughs> animal farty what does but, it mean um, it's like um, it's latin for um, I might bugger this up but essentially it means loving whatever happens like whatever fate whatever the environment throws at you whether it's the teacher saying something nasty when you were young your dad saying some nasty shit your mum or you know, someone mugging you or you step in dog shit, you walk out of your house and someone's let their dog crap on your step and you step in it. That's the worst. You know what I mean? It's out of your control. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> it's completely out of your control. So what's so you might as well just love it, embrace it and and approach it with that energy. Like, yes, you know what I mean? 
with That's... enthusiasm um, and concentrate on the things that are in your control rather than the things that aren't. That's funny. I can't even think of like an, an English alternative to that to that phrase. Can you? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. No, I, no, I guess it would be no. y- YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> there you go close enough (laughs) there you go internet memes uh you you got any plugs to put in let's go um i have got stuff on the internet Internet. yes yeah boy alexander is it dot com yeah i was on it earlier yeah that's my website, www.alexandercanwell, that's C-A-N-W-E-L-L.com. Um, Facebook has all my videos on, same name, Alexander Canwell. It's on YouTube, it's on blooming Twitter, blooming Instagram. I've got an email, I've got, f- <laughs> got everything. Um, so, yeah, I'm out there, um, uh, yeah, I'll have a look, man, have a look. Are people welcome to send you emails? Yeah, please do. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Not to encourage it. <laughs> as long as it's nice. Um, I don't really get many emails, no, so... Not all. <laughs> people, all these people who go, oh my God, I hate emails. Um, I don't really get any. So uh, send me one, man. AlexanderCanwell at gmail.com. Please send me an email. Cool, man. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Yeah, we'll have to do this again. Wicked, man. I really appreciate this, man. Thank you. No worries. I've enjoyed it, man. It's been good. Nice one, man. Hey, thanks for listening and thanks to Alex for joining me. Go to alexandercamwell.com to check out his new musical project, Untitled Folder 15. Here is one of the tracks in question. This is Alexander Camwell with Stay Dirty. Alexander Canwell, I got unhygienic raps, I got weird stains on my jeans, got COVID in my flaps, I got dancing shoes I never use, I'm barefoot in the mud, and if you won't do it damn right, I will, I'll give your nan a hug, she needs a love and I need it too, all live together in a crazy zoo, could never be a weak or shaky dude, when I rhyme so smooth I'm baby blue, I get funny in the manner, bubble in the trouble in the dummy with your grammar, if you die slow I get a blammer with a hammer, doesn't really matter, we all go to the dirt.
to think your shit don't stink. You know you like to think your shit don't stink. You know you like to think your shit don't stink. But lean a little bit closer, see that roses really smell like poo. Roses really smell like poo 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 poo. poo. 